Skate Like a Girl it has been really important for me since I moved back up to Seattle. Uh, before I was here, I used to be the head of marketing and digital for Street League Skateboarding. And when I came up here, I had a phone call with Kim about how I felt like I just had a void in my life about supporting skateboarding, but using all this knowledge and experience that I've had, um, lifting up skateboarders in the industry and trying to just drive it forward. Uh, and I wasn't able to do that anymore. And so she introduced me to Skate Like a Girl actually about a year ago this weekend. And when I went to WAF, I was like, I'm in. Whatever I can do to support, I'm super stoked. Um, Skate Like a Girl has been promoting inclusivity <clears throat> and uh, social justice and really just making better humans through the vehicle of skateboarding. Um, so for those of you who don't know a lot about it, um, we're really excited to share this weekend with you and to talk about any of any questions you have individually. Um, please find any of, any of the women up here or people who are in the audience who do know a little bit more because it's really been a, a really uplifting opportunity, not only in Seattle, but in the Bay Area and Portland where we have chapters, and then also all the connections that we've been able to make throughout the world uh, through Skate Like a Girl and, and trying to just elevate uh, all people through skateboarding and um, inclusivity in there. So um, I wanted to thank uh, Stoneway Cafe for having us here, as well as Nike. Um, and I also wanted to thank, um, yeah, give it up. Uh, I also wanted to thank the uh, Quell, Quell Skateboarding Podcast. That This is going to be available. So if you want to hear it again or you want to share it with people who weren't able to be here, um, it is available on all opportunities to find a podcast. So please share away. Uh, I think this is a really important platform and topic to uh, share throughout the world. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, Kim Woozy, who is many, many amazing things, but uh, she is the director of uh, Skate Like a Girl in the Bay Area, and she's going to be moderating the industry panel today. So take it away. Go, hot. Go ahead and come on up here, guys. Hello, everyone. Get comfy. Let me get my notes out. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you all so much for being here. We're super excited. Um, this actually was an evolution from last year where we had coffee and conversations, and it was just all of us hanging out at a coffee shop talking. Um, and we just got that there were so many of you guys from all around the world that just wanted to come and learn and connect and network. And so we decided to create today uh, as an opportunity to do that. Um, and I think next year we're going to need a larger space. <laughs> um, so as Molly mentioned, my name is Kim Woozy. I am the currently the director of the SF Bay Area chapter for Skate Like a Girl. Um, as you guys know, uh, Skate Like a Girl has a chapter in Seattle, Portland, and then the SF Bay is the youngest, newest chapter. Um, I co-direct that chapter with Ashley, who's here in the front. You might have met her at the door. Um, the SF Bay chapter has been, yeah, shout out to Ashley. Yeah. Couldn't do it without her. Um, the SF Bay chapter has been up and running for three years now, uh, formally. Uh, we've been around in the Bay as more of a grassroots meetup until this point, and it's just been so amazing. So thank you all for coming here. Um, we hope that you guys walk away today with some inspiration, you know, some knowledge, some education, maybe meeting some people, whether it's us or people here, um, and just walking away with um, just this experience of like, cool, I can do this. Like, if they're doing it, like, I think I can make it happen too, and that's really what we're here to share with you guys. Um, because there isn't a right or wrong way, there isn't a formula. Um, we kind of just had to like chop our way through the woods and figure it out. Um, and the biggest thing that we want is for you guys, wherever you're at in the world and the next generation, um, we're probably amongst the older crew here, um, to just have that um, experience that whatever it is that you guys are excited about that you want to do, that you can definitely do it. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce uh, my amazing friends and colleagues and um, my mentors. And that's what I love so much about this community, right? It's not just like, oh, it's my coworker, um, but just people that I'm inspired by. I work with all of these people um, and um, excited just to share our stories. So first we have next to me Norma Ibarra, who is, shout out to Norma. Can you hear me? Yeah. She's not going to perform today, but um, you may recognize her from various films. She's multifaceted when it comes to a microphone. 
Um, and Norma is, uh, I'm just gonna share everyone's kind of official title, but social media marketing, as well as a photographer. Um, and Norma currently lives in Vancouver, BC. And then next we have Euleen Oliver. Shout out for Euleen. Euleen is an athlete agent and currently based in LA and Big Bear in the winters. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, we have Mimi Noop. And Mimi is uh, a skateboarder. Actually, if you <laughs> plug, Meow Skateboards did a guest pro model deck for Mimi and it's amazing. The graphics were done by Lacey and Alexis. Um, so that's out now. <laughs> Go buy it. Um, so Mimi's a skateboarder and also um, has your hands in a number of the pro skateboarding events around the world. Um, and that's really been kind of your area for I would say the past decade at least, having gone from someone who was, you know, a skater competing um, and now being someone who can, you know, speak for the skaters um, and also advocate for, you know, what's fair and um, just being able to create new opportunities uh, for female, professional female skateboarders. Um, cool. So I would love to just hear, we can go down the row here. Um, but just kind of a brief summary of, you know, sort of your path to how you got to where you are today um, in terms of your career, right? And then maybe just starting with like your very first kind of introduction into like skateboarding, like why skateboarding, whether it was career at first or just, you know, personally. Um, so yeah, you can share with us. Okay, well, I saw skateboarders when I, in was in Mexico when I was like super young, but never got into it. And then I moved to Canada 10 years ago, um, right after I finished school, I went to school for marketing. And back then I didn't have like a work permit. So I was, well, I had like a nanny job basically. And I started doing volunteering uh, for social media and for nonprofits. So that's how I gained my Canadian experience. So did that for like, three years and social media marketing included photos, covering events, doing interviews, running Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uh, for nonprofits. And that's how I was able to build uh, a resume because I was new to this country. And one day I got a new job. I was working for Hootsuite. I don't know if you heard about it. It's like a social media tool that you can use to schedule your social media posts. I'm an advocate too for them because I love it. Um, so I'm, I started working for Hootsuite. Back then, that was my dream job. But Hootsuite happened to be two blocks from Antisocial Skateboard Shop. And that's where all the skateboard scene happened, you know, East Vancouver. And I saw all the skaters and I was like, I always wanted to skateboard. I saw skateboarders back then, but I was shy to try. There was no skate shop in my hometown. So I went to Antisocial, introduced myself to Michelle. I really want to skate. You know, I just, it was funny at, at that moment because I, I'm, I'm, I love talking and I love meeting people, but I just, I think I might've come a little bit too strong. Cause I'm like, my name is Norma, I'm a photographer. Here's my business card, I want to skate. Like, and she was like, woo. But slowly, you know, I, you know, we started hanging out and she was like, oh, there's this Facebook group um, called Chick Flip, but where you can meet up girls to go skate. So I went skateboarding and Long story short, I broke my ankle right when I started skateboarding. Um, I'm talking about, that was the fall of 2015, so almost four years. And I broke my ankle, so I couldn't, um, I couldn't skate much. But I, I noticed also no one was taking photos of the girls. And instead of being at home healing, I was healing at the skate park with my camera in hand. That was my best healing I could have ever done. And here I am. So kind of, kind of in a nutshell. But. Awesome, thanks Norma. Yuleen? Hi, my name's Yuleen. Um, it was maybe 10 years ago, I don't know, maybe a little longer than that. Um, I actually quit veterinary school, packed up my Tercel and drove out to the West Coast to be a professional snowboarder. I was sponsored for a little while um, and then I moved to Los Angeles and uh, started working at Fuel TV as a marketing manager. Um, <laughs> if you remember that. Um, primarily in snow, but then that was the year that Dew Tour came around and there were all of a sudden 
eight detours a year. And um, that was my foray into, into skate, really. And after leaving Dutour, I went over to Street League. And um, as the uh, event marketing director, I helped launch that brand in 2010 and was there for the first four years. And then I, um, then I left Street League and uh, created my own agency, which has just a couple months ago transitioned into, um, I just folded into Wasserman, which is a larger agency. And I currently represent 11 um, female athletes, 10 skaters and one adaptive surf athlete. Awesome. You. Um, I started skating when I was like six, so um, it's just something that I did for fun after school growing up. And um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really plan anything that I've done, so I just kind of always skated and ended up in the right place. And I didn't, uh, I wasn't exposed to like any other girls skating until I was about 23 uh, when I moved to California. So I always skated with boys in the neighborhood and stuff. But uh, yeah, moved to California, um, realized there were other girls skating in like a small contest scene and just started entering contests and one thing led to another, so. That's amazing that from age six to 23, you never met any other girl skaters and you progressed as much as you did because that's like the barrier for many of us, right? I didn't actually progress <laughs> during that time. <laughs> I like did like three tricks. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have skate parks really. So we just yeah. skated like local schools and curbs and stuff. But um, yeah, I dropped in on vert when I was 24 and then I learned everything from that. That's amazing, yeah. Late bloomer. That's even more amazing that you like started legitimately like focusing on skateboarding at 24 and then got to where you're where you did so quickly. And would you say that's because you like met Kara Beth Burnside and there was like this whole scene in, in San Diego or? Yeah, I met uh, I met Kara Beth and Jen O'Brien and Lindsay, uh, who's Lindsay's Pastrana now, married to Travis, but. Um, yeah, they were like, we need more girls in these contests. And I dropped in on Vert two weeks before. They're like, enter with us. And I'm like, uh, OK. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it actually happened the way it should, because I grew up with like a normal kind of childhood. I wasn't like immersed in that culture. So I was able to really enjoy it and keep skating for myself. So for sure. That's awesome, because like that's really like why we're here this weekend. That's why Skate Like a Girl exists is like the level of it's not even really about progression for you. It was which is amazing but participation when you have people that you can relate to, right? Um, and just the amount you can accomplish or achieve when you have that like encouraging, safe environment, which I know you guys all did once you all got to San Diego together. So that's awesome. Um, so, oh yeah, by the way, we are gonna do a Q&A at the end. So if you guys have any questions, um, definitely you know, feel free to raise your hand. And then after the second panel, we're gonna do breakout groups. So if there's any further like burning questions that you guys wanna have, um, you'll have a chance for that as well in a smaller setting. Um, so I'm curious for you guys, um, since you sort of entered the industry and this community at different times, like what was it like initially for you? Were there you know, was it challenging? Was it not challenging? Um, I would say more on the industry side, like, you know, maybe your first job in skateboarding or action sports, like what was, what was that like? And we don't have to go in order, we can go in any, um, if anyone wants to jump in. Um, well, for me, it was mostly volunteering got me where I'm at right now. And I have to say that, you know, I I got some opportunities from some of my mentors, which I say you are one of them, Kristen's one of them. So it was one of those things that I was a photographer already, and, but I wasn't sure what kind of photographer I, was, I wanted to do back then. I was just like, oh yeah, I shoot events, I done weddings, I done portraits, I done a little bit of everything. And now, what kind of photographer you are? And I'm like, I document everything that's going on. I like taking photos. Um, I went to school for photography, took a couple courses, but. It was not until I started skateboarding that I was like, oh, I really like action. I really like capturing this. And like, I noticed there was a lack of documentation of that kind. And it was one of my fashions. So it was, it was just happened organically. And I think it, I'm where I'm at right now thanks to the opportunities of people that I collaborate with, like Skate Witches and yeah. 
and mafia and I literally met Norma through DMs on Instagram, <laughs> which is probably the case for many of us here. But um, yeah, cool, awesome. How about you, Eileen? What was it like? Um, I, I think it's a huge asset to, to be, have had experience as an athlete. And I'd say majority of the people in the room um, identify as skateboarders. And that's a, such a huge asset because you come to majority of the companies out there with this core authenticity and you, you just really get it. Um, my experience was basically, I mean, this entire industry is not like any other industry, right? There's no real rules that if you do X, Y, and Z, you end up with the job or sponsored. Um, so I had to just be unstoppable. Just like if anyone said that, you know, that's not gonna work or that doesn't exist, just make it up and then just go, just keep going. Cool. Yeah, I will second what Elaine says. <laughs> Fake it till you make it? Yeah, I mean, no one's going to just hand you a job. Like, you have to go and sometimes you have to create it yourself and pitch it to them. And I've done that with a lot of my work, um, whether it's an event or a, or a position somewhere. But yeah, you just got to just make it happen yourself and do it, you know, if it's what you love to do. Awesome. Cool. Did you, when you first started, I guess, competing back then, which was early 2000s X Games? Uh, probably some 2003 or four. Okay, and so. some of the other bowl contests, did you have a good experience, like, as a I competitor? Was, yeah, I was, I mean, I was kind of naive. I don't know. I just was like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't, I, I didn't come into it, like, knowing what the challenges were. I yeah. just was like, this is really fun, and I work nine to five during the week, you know? So my goal at the time was, like, to skate more and, like, not have a job so I could skate more, so... Yeah, it was like contests were a way to do that at the time. Um, but yeah, then once I got more involved, I realized where the gaps were and like where things needed to change. Yeah. What were some of the jobs that you had? What was the one on, uh, the, on the boat? Was it a boat? Or no, you were cleaning boats? I've had all kinds of jobs. <laughs> That's my favorite I was a one. Housekeeper one time, uh, bartender, receptionist. Uh, you were in the tables. Caribbean, weren't you? you yeah, I was a wine right. steward in the That's Caribbean, right. yeah. Caribbean for That's California. Awesome. Oh, um, I'd say internships. Yeah. Yeah, my, I think my, I was, my first internship when I moved out here um, from Salt Lake City as a snowboarder was with um, Cersei Wallace, mm -hmm. who is um, one of the top athlete agents. The most powerful agent in the she, world. Uh, she represents um, Paul Rodriguez, um, Tora Bright, Travis, Travis Rice, um, and has really been able to create long careers for for her client athletes. Um, and I also interned at Fuel TV, which turned into a job. And I, full circle, now being at Wasserman, I'm actually working with Cersei officially now for the first time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for me too, internships. I actually started out at Osiris Shoes and I was doing their MySpace page. I don't know if you guys, some of you guys know what that is. Um, but yeah, and like posting photos of like, back then it was like, Alicia, I don't know if it's Alicia's here, she's probably coming later this weekend. Um, as like an 11 year old and then like meeting Leticia and like helping her get her visa and all that stuff. But um, so it sounds like for most of you guys, you had you mentioned mentor, mentor, and then like CB, just other women to skate with. Um, it sounds like that was something that really kind of gave you this extra booster sense of like, just, I don't know, people getting your back. Um, can you guys speak a little bit on like how that's played a role in you being able to accomplish, you know, what you've accomplished today? I can jump in. I think um, first just being able to see someone do something and then you're like, oh, it's possible, like they did it kind of thing. And then also like just collaboration is huge and having that support system, like everything I've ever worked on has never been just me. It's always been with a team of people, whether it's like in a public way or not, there's always been a team of people there and like I think that's crucial. Yeah, I, well, I already mentioned, but, like, I think, like, I thanked volunteering, like, that I'm here for. Like, I think volunteering has been the biggest uh, way for me to put myself out there and, like, and then show that I want to do something. You know, sometimes you don't know what it is. Like, as I, when I started, it was, like, I was trying doing videos, doing photos, doing the social media, like, a little bit of everything because they needed help with everything. Uh, but then as, as you go, you're like, oh, I actually, this is what I enjoyed the most. So you can reach out to someone and 
someone that you admire or an uh, organization that you want to help out, either or someone that you would like to work for and be like, hey, like I'm down to volunteer. What can I do for you? And then everything happens organically. Like it's just one of those things that you are, you are, if you are at a place that you care for, doing things that you love, then things just happen. Like it, there's no, there's not really like a set of steps. It's more like do what you love, do it with passion and ask questions and, you know, let people know that you want to do something. And even if, yeah. if you don't know what it is, like yeah. just put yourself out there. That's the big, the first step I think is this, like if you want to do something, talk to people and, and let them know that you want to do something. Yeah. I was just going to add, you, go ahead, Eileen. Oh, I was just going to say like just talking is like <laughs> the most valuable thing you can do, especially nowadays. Like I know we're all on Instagram and social media and all that, but like, I can't even tell you the number of like amazing things that happened just because I got on the phone with someone. Like I got their number and Instagram and then I was like, okay, let's talk. Um, I mean, half of you guys I know through because of that. Um, but one example I would say that for, for me was sort of like a tipping point for us in this industry and just the whole of it was, um, I forget the year, I wanna say it was like 2014, whenever w we started WSA, was it 2014? 15. 2015. Um, but right before that, things were looking bleak. It was like, no one was professional, like, it was just, there was not a lot of opportunities to make it, you know, a profession for us on the industry side and even for the skaters, right? And um, I remember that um, I had been friends with Yulene. We'd snowboard together. Yulene's an amazing snowboarder, by the way. She's super good. <laughs> um, switch all the time, all day, in the park. Um, but uh, I, we, had, we had been friends and that I've known Mimi and Lisa Whitaker for a while and we kind of were, you know, like friends and like cordial and like homies, but like it, we hadn't intentionally like created anything. But around that time we started like just talking and for a while, I wanna say it was like, I don't know, half a year, we were just on a call with each other every week. We would just set a time, get on the conference call and talk. Um, and it wasn't necessarily, we didn't have like some project or like no one was paying us, it was just like, what's going on that you guys see? What are some of the requests that you're getting? Um, what are some of the challenges? What are the opportunities? And we would just share what was going on because that was so valuable because at that time there wasn't a lot going on, but there was little things here and there. And I felt like just having the space to connect and share ideas and doing it consistently then led to literally us creating WSA, um, which you know was then kind of this platform for all these other things like, after WSA, um, you know, a lot of stuff started happening. Was so. the first ever uh, women's street, street league. league? Yeah, yep. And just and and then also like all, each project that we all had individually, we were able to like elevate. Like obviously, Lisa with Meow Skateboards, um, just knowing what was going on and sharing ideas and not being so like worried about how it got shared and all that stuff, I think just made a huge difference. Like like spokes of a wheel, you know, we all had yeah. like came from different places and it's like you're more powerful kind of coming together. Yeah, way. yeah. And, and just to reference back to your question of, you know, of the people we met, like what kind of made a difference and one distinction that I'm really hearing is, you know, sometimes we're like believe in me, right? But what I'm really hearing and I experience being different from that is believe in my vision, which is different than believe in just me. And in conversation, you share what you're trying to create, and then um, that's when, you know, for example, you it just takes one person to be like, I, be I believe in that vision, and let's take it all the way to the end. Yeah. And so not only do, we get, do you guys get to be that for other people, but you look for that person in your life, because yeah. you know, it just takes one person, boom. Yeah. Exactly. And then just knowing the different conversations that are going on, like I would talk to Chris and Norma and like just all, I would try to just like be this net for just things and be like, oh, you should talk to so-and-so and like connect this person. And like a lot of amazing things like businesses now, but organizations like came from just like, oh yeah, I remember like, what's that girl's name that I met that one time? Um, so yeah, just encouraging you guys all to like connect and talk and like it can be awkward and it can be like, you know, frustrating if like someone doesn't answer you, but just to like keep going and not let that stop you um, is just something that I think has been really important. Anything else you guys want to add to that? Cool. Um, what would you say then given that, um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced like personally 
in your careers, given that like we've all created past it like did not exist, right? So it's not like, oh, I know 50 people that are, you know, making money off of shooting girl skateboarding, or I know 20 other athlete agents that are representing professional female skateboarders, or, you know, you, we all didn't have examples of people doing it before us. Um, so what do you think, what, what, one, what was one of the either biggest challenges getting up to this point, or even like right now, like what's a challenge that you're faced with? Because we definitely want you guys to know it's not all like perfect sunshine and rainbows all the time. There's a lot of things on the regular, like emotional, whatever challenges that we are constantly working through. So can you guys I share? would say like just the feeling of being isolated um, yeah. is com like a common thing I experience. Yeah. Like just even if things are just going off, like I'm like, okay, I'm in my home office like by myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously on the phone and, and doing a lot of different things, but that, yeah, if you're like one of a small number of people doing something that's really niche, then it, it's an isolating And feeling. not having a safety net. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, for, like, I think me and Mimi have a similar, like, daily life setup where we work from home. So it's like you're on the phone a lot, your emails, but you're not in, like, an office. Um, I know, Yulene, you were doing that until actually just now. Just, like, two months ago. I mean, yeah, I, the, one of the hardest things, I think, is just transitioning. Like, so you work on what you're passionate about, but that's not making money. So how are you going to feed yourself and pay rent? Yeah. And at what point do you, like, do I need to do this full time? But how do I pay for that? And then how do you split up your time? Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, like, also, I don't know if some of you guys know, but, like, Mafia TV was my company. Um, one of the biggest challenges was splitting the time between and you would know being on the road and filming and shooting which is like full creation mode and it's amazing exciting you're with everyone and then just coming home and being like so exhausted and then having to handle any of the admin stuff and like that was always like the gap for me was like I was trying to do it all and it was just like impossible to try to be focusing on like trying to make money and then also doing you know the job so a big thing for me now is like actually having a team of people around me versus like trying to do it by myself. Um. I think the final challenge that's currently happening for me is I'm now a, I'm a new mom. And so to have this. Yay. Thank you. I know I wish Bexley were here. She um, was here last she year. She was here last year. Yep. Just in a little car seat and a little dolly and just roll her around. Um, so I wish you were here with all of you all. She loved it so much. Um, but that's one, that's kind of a new thing is like, so I've had this dream, right, to be able to empower um, sustainable careers for women in skateboarding. And that's a, like, it's like a long-term game. So then what happens when all of a sudden you're, you're a mom? Um, yeah. Yeah. And if Lisa was here, she'd probably speak to that as well. Um, I would say one of the things, <laughs> this is just a funny story from last year, um, just again, the concept of teamwork, what it seems really daunting when you like try to do it all yourself, but just the idea of like bringing your one-year-old to X Games, people would be like, that sounds like a horrible idea. But she did, and like just the beauty of our community. I remember last year we had like a last minute meeting with ESPN and it was like a big deal because it's like hard to meet with them. It's like all crazy and like we got pulled into this room. Yeah, and we're like, she had Bexley, and she's like, uh, I can't bring Bexley into this meeting. So <laughs> Vanessa was there, and we just like literally handed Bexley to Vanessa, and we're like, go do something with her now, and like shut the door. <laughs> and then we had the meeting. So, but I think it's also letting go of like how things have to be, right? Because I don't know that many moms who would just be like, take my baby, I got a meeting. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, um, how about for you, Norma? Challenges today, like, things you're facing as a female, sorry, as a photographer shooting women in skateboarding? Yeah, I think the first challenge for me was uh, my own demons, like uh, breaking that moment that you're like, I can do this, because sometimes just your insecurities take over and you're like, I'm not good enough, this is not good, or you compare yourself. So the hardest, one of the hardest challenges for me was that break from that point and like just be vulnerable and know that you might not be the best, but you have to be able to just keep trying in order to get better. So like that was the first challenge for me, like just getting out of my comfort zone and knowing that it was not gonna be the best photo, but I gotta do it in order to get better. So it's like skateboarding, you gotta keep trying, trying until you land the trick. Same for the photos. 
And after that, like, I still get moments where I'm like, oh, no, like, I should have done this, like, this lighting or this kind of angle, like, I didn't get the shot. Like, it happens, and it is what it is. Like, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> but um, that was the first, like, I think it's been one of the hardest, like, my own personal demons. But then industry-wise, I've been kicked out of, like, events because I was shooting on deck. Like, um, I had moments where I couldn't get a media pass and when you go to the event, you're like, there's only dudes shooting, and you're like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's, I, I had a, a lot of moments um, of different challenges. Um, and also now, like, I look back, like, before it was a volunteering thing. Now I'm, I'm hoping that it can become a full time, but I do the social media. I used to say do social media photography on the side. It's becoming maybe half and half. And, you know, maybe, like, I haven't done my taxes, guys, but <laughs> we'll know at the end of this month. Anyway, <laughs> I got to do those. Yeah, that's another challenge, accounting. Ugh. Um, but, um, yeah, um, working with people. Like, when it becomes a job, uh, sometimes you have to work with people that might not be skaters and that might want you to shoot something that's not what you thought it was going to be, like um, getting hired to shoot skateboarding, but then you get there and it's not a skater and it might be looking sexy or posing like, and, and you're like, oh, I thought I was gonna shoot skateboarding and what am I doing here? Like, so I had a situation where that happened and it was really frustrating, it was really scary and I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, how am I gonna deal with this? Like, am I gonna shoot this person? And am I gonna actually do it or not? So I was in a situation when I had to speak up and talk to this company and say, hey, listen, you brought me here as a skateboard photographer. Uh, if you're doing this campaign, what's the goal of this campaign? The goal of this campaign is inspire more girls to skate. Okay, well, you need to shoot skateboarding. So you need to show skateboarding. So <laughs> I had this situation happen and I, I had a chance to maybe loosen the client, but luckily, like, the person who hired me was like, sorry, this is what it is, like, we need these assets. And I say, well, sorry, like, I'm here for shooting skateboarding. So I had to basically jump this person and talk to the boss of this person. And, and luckily, uh, the campaign got changed. You jumped over the person. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, you, sorry. You didn't jump them. Sorry, like, I mean, like, just, like, be like, okay, you don't want to You listen. went to the person's <laughs> boss. Sorry. <laughs> Spanglish. <laughs> Sorry about my um, Spanglish issues. Anyway, we yeah. do not promote violence. ESL hashtag. But you just went. To, you went straight up the chain to talk to the next person in charge because sometimes that's what you got to do. Like, if someone's not getting what you're trying to do, the best job, right? And you're getting paid for it, and they're hired you to do something, and they're not understanding. Sometimes it looks like you know being unreasonable and going or you know taking a different path to get the job done, right? So. And yeah, I understand, you know, that maybe some, uh, that's the thing, like, the challenge, challenges, I think, is like, we need more people out there in the back end of uh, skateboarding. Like, it doesn't have to be just female skateboarding, just skateboarding in general. We need more of us in the back end, running events, drawing admin, running, like, taking photos. We need more of us within the industry, and especially now that everyone's looking at us, like, there is opportunities for everyone. You just gotta find where you can fit. But like, we need more skateboarders within the brands, I think, so that we can get to the next, you know, like in all collide too, like I think like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, on that same note, Yulian, I'm curious, um, what are some of the challenges you're facing, you know, in terms of negotiating with like the biggest corporations in the world? Um, and in helping, you know, many of these skaters like pursue their dreams, like it's not like people's lives are in your hand, like their dreams and goals and everything's in your hand. Like, what are some of the challenges that you deal with, like on a day to day basis, or given that your job is to advocate for them? Yeah, you, you point to an interesting thing when you're um, someone's agent, you're their only agent. So, yes, you can definitely want to create team around that, but at the same time, um, it's a big responsibility. Um, you know, what I'm really noticing is, is the I this industry is, is a bit unique. And like I said, you can be the best skateboarder out there and you might not get the sponsors. And what I'm really seeing is not only does the agent need to be perfect, but so does the, so does the athlete. Meaning, um, 
a lot of work has to go into it, like whether that means um, self-promoting yourself, um, having yourself be a brand, your social media is now you're in your hands. It didn't, it's not like it used to be where like you didn't get to dictate what people saw or if people saw you. You're in full control of your own social media. And um, as an agent, you can do as much as you can um, to promote and to put you know, people in front of other people because you have your network. But at the same time, um, the skater needs to, to sell themselves in terms of how they're going to move the needle for a brand. And oftentimes, that comes down to social media reach and um, how you're respected in the in industry as a whole, not just in women's skateboarding. If you had one piece of advice for like up-and-coming professional skateboarders, what would it be? I know that's a hard to just no, narrow just, it to one. Uh, but no, I'd say just really be curious ab about the people who, um, the other skaters out there who have made a career out of it and maybe are not um, winning all the contests. There's a formula and why their social media is so successful. And it's really important to just stack clips, like have clips be on your Instagram, have a bucket that you're maybe not showing everyone, but when a sponsor is potentially interested and they say, show me some clips, and they don't have any, then I'm, I'm stuck. Um, I also say, like, it's, you need to be an entrepreneur. It's not just about being a skateboarder. Like, if you're, if you're trying to make a living off of it, you have to be a business person, and you have to look at it like that um, to get the most out of it. I also feel like with the, the skaters that I've seen that have achieved the highest level, you know, it's like you... You're, they're not just good skaters and everything's handed to them. It's like you have to kind of sack, you're like you're basically working at a young age, right? Like when I was 14, I was like just a kid, you know, or 15. And now if you are pursuing professional skateboarding because it's obviously age specific, um, you basically are doing a job at a young age, right? And um, there's certain sacrifices that I see that the, the skaters there are now at the higher tier may, may be able to not have to work other jobs the sacrifices they've made, right? And especially yeah, when it you comes have to, to want like it. lifestyle like, nowadays, like... Almost privacy a little bit, you yeah. know? Always having to think of what's something that might be content. Like, maybe you don't love YouTube or Twitter, but, you know, if, like, Nigel Sylvester, for example, does not compete, BMX guy, has, like, something like 700,000 subscribers on YouTube, and you can't... You just can't ignore that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um... <laughs> What, okay, what, uh, given that you guys have like a pretty diverse perspective, um, where do you see the opportunities are in the industry? Maybe not so much on the professional skateboarding side because we see the opportunities there and the, the other panel will talk about that, but um, from like you mentioned, like a behind the scenes perspective, where would you encourage people who maybe aren't so interested in becoming a professional skateboarder? Um, like where do you see the opportunities are? I think uh, there's a lot of opportunities on the on the back end, like as I said. And I feel like you, we all have to like if you want to be involved in your community, you gotta, for example, go back to your community, to your hometown, your country, your state. What is lacking there, and what what kind of skill you have? Like, what do you like doing do you, besides skateboarding? If you don't want to be a pro skater, like, uh, is it? turning stories that being said writing taking photos or just social media um if you are or really good at together events yeah like if you are yeah exactly like if you're really good at accounting like there's need for that like there's need for every single uh like you know skill. like a skill yeah. yeah so look at look at your community first think of like what what is it that you like and then Look back at your community and say, like, is your community lacking that? And if it's no community, it's not lacking. Some people have moved to a new place to find that opportunity. Like Sora, for example, you know, she was like, you know, a photographer. She she wanted to move to California, found herself, you know, found a way there, and and now look at her. Like so, sometimes you gotta make sacrifices and and, and find the opportunities. If it's not right there at your, you know, at your at your house at your city. You might have to travel to find it too, and so it's one of those things. It sounds like kind of the perfect um, balance of like what you want, and then also what's needed. Because just something you want might not be needed, and then it's not really a job. Any, I think, successful job or startup or company, it's like serving a function, right? Um, that was actually one of my biggest things with Mafia is that at the end of the day, I was like, if Mafia went away, which it's actually it's done now, like. 
no one's going to die, right? I mean, it's entertainment, it's great, it's content, but it wasn't actually serving some function, right, that was needed. And with Skate Like a Girl, it's like if our programs went away, like if we canceled summer camp or like pulled out of a school program, like that's actually a gap, like that's missing. Like people want and need um, like skateboard education or safe spaces or all the different stuff we do, right? So I actually got that like, wow, that one thing was great. I loved it, but it wasn't necessarily as needed um, so to actually, you know, look for things that are actually gaps, not just, oh, it would be cool if, like, we all have the, oh, it would be so sick if, like, this happened, which is great. Maybe that's a passion, a side project, but how about, like, what's actually needed, right? Like, so. I, I totally agree with you. I think that's a smart way to go about it, but I also think, like, I never approached anything like that. Like, I think if it fulfills something within you, then, like, that is a purpose, and, like, it might not be successful or it might be the next biggest thing. Like, you never know. And, I, yeah, I think it's more importantly, like, to focus on something that makes you happy and, like, quality of life. And actually, I want to... Did you want to add something? Yeah, I, I agree with that, Mimi. Um, I was actually... I was done it during that little history of, you know, of my previous jobs. I was an unemployed for an entire year. And I remember asking myself, okay... What do, I, what do I have to have in my life? And I actually had it that I had to have snowboarding and money and be happy, and that was it. Um, and so I thought, if that, those are my, like, my requirements, then um, what kind of job would fit that? And I, kinda, and I was like, well, what am I good at? So I took what I need in, in my life with what I'm good at, and I turned that into a job. There are jobs out there um, there are big brands out there who know nothing about skateboarding and action sports. And I would assert everyone in this room is a perfect bridge to hold that conversation. There's a company out in Vermont called Fuse. That's all they do for Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is Pepsi. They wouldn't have, they don't know anything about action sports. And so they caught that bridge and they, you know, 20 people work there. So. So, well, for you guys, since this is a very specific audience, just the fact that you're a participant in the community already like has you be val inherently valuable than the person next to you, right? Or not here next to you, but the person next to you. I, I don't know, on the plane home. Maybe you're riding with your friends. But the point is, like, just so you guys know, like, the fact that you participate and you're an audience, you know, or, and a participant of the community is also a skill in itself. So, like, don't forget. That was one of the first things when I worked at Osiris. I was, you know, they were, like, interviewing me, and they're, like, well, what can you bring to the table? I was, like, well, I'm, like, the kid that goes to the skate shop and, like, buys your products. So, and I'm a girl, and there's no other girls here, right? So, just knowing that that's, like, a value that you can bring. Um, but... Back to you, Mimi, I wanted to share the story of the Alliance, right? So WSA, the Women's Skateboarding Alliance, is an evolution from the Alliance. The Alliance was a nonprofit advocacy group. WSA is a sport organizing and consulting agency that Mimi, it's Mimi's company, and we all kind of work together collaboratively, um, or I do on different projects. Um, but the need part is X Games 2006, 5, 2005. Um, do you want to share, and I know the story too, but do you want to share a little bit about like how the Alliance was clearly needed. Like it didn't get created because you thought it'd be cool to like form this group, but like what did you see, what happened, and like why was it created? I think it's an important story to share. Um, yeah, I guess at the time, um, I don't know, the, there was not a lot of focus on women in skating and we would get like, we were like kind of the afterthought. So like we would get invited to events like the week before and there was no prize money. And so anyway, um, yeah, we kind of, long story short, we boycotted X Games and. <laughs> no, you know what I said. <laughs> so, the, so, the guy, so the guys were getting paid to compete inverts well, so and to then get the very women specific. were not. Yeah, and then also to be very specific, was it the year before the with CB and the Vert Prize money? 2005, that was the year? So 2005, we all got together in a hotel room the night before the Women's Street Contest, and we decided just, we're just not going to go tomorrow, yeah. and we're going to see what happens. And, um, yeah, and, so the reason, and the reason was because the year before CB... No, no, no. CB, no, no, no okay. the, the, reason, the reason was just... It was just, there are a lot. There are a lot. We yeah. didn't have a voice. Like, we wanted to, like, have input at our own events, and we didn't have that. Yeah. And then everything else was on top of that. So 
we literally just didn't show up the next day, and then we got ESPN on the phone. The, the stands were actually full, which was unusual at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, they were like, what are you guys doing? And so we're like, look, just promise us a meeting, and we'll get everyone to show up. So they said, okay, we will. Everyone went. The vert, vert contest was the next day we went. A whole year passed. They never gave us a meeting. So then we went to the New York Times, and we got the front page of the sports section. Um, and... Yeah, so we were like, yeah, ESPN promised a meeting, and they, we didn't get it. So we're, we kind of still want that meeting. So, yeah, we got a meeting the night before the Women's Vert Contest, 2006, with the president of ESPN at the time. And he was like, all right, what do you girls want? Like, I, I, uh, I want to help you out here, but I can't just give you, like, equal prize money overnight because every single other sport that we work with is going to ask for that. It's not realistic. So... So he basically, we worked out a deal with him to have the prize purse increase over several years, along with exposure. And then the, the third thing we asked for was we wanted to organize our own events. So that's how we started running X Games and all the other events we, yeah. we run now. And then, but just to give you guys a frame is, I don't know what year it is, but you can correct me, but when CB won Vert Gold, right, she, got, she took home $2,000. Like, first place was $2,000 back then. That was and 2005, yeah. 2005, and yeah. then the male counterpart, I don't know 50 who, grand. whoever, 50 grand. So 2,000, 50 grand, right? So, like, they don't often, you're like, the numbers don't always get publicized, but it wasn't just like, we want more practice time. It's like, she won 2,000, he got 50,000. They're like, okay, like, we but, need to save something. But the something. practice time was a big part of it, though. Yeah, like, exactly. I remember that year we had 45 minutes of practice and then the contest, that was it. Like, there same was day. no practice time. Yeah, same, same day. day. Like, we'd never touched the ramp or, like, the courses before. And, like, um, And it so was yeah. not televised. Just the whole, the, nothing was, like, what you guys oh, see now is, like, amazing. there was not even a photographer there. Like, yeah. 2006 and seven. I don't think there's any, it's like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, like, drop in on this 20-foot avert ramp, and if you break your bones, oh, well. Yeah. But no one's ever going to know what happened. But to... Honestly, like looking back today, they were true to their word, and ESPN's been awesome to us ever since. And like they did call me two weeks before they announced prize purse equality in 2008 or nine, I think. Yeah. They're like, hey, we want you to know we're announcing this, like we're doing it for all winter and summer X Games. So, like, and they've done it ever since. So, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so, all sports. so yeah. Mimi all sports. and CB yeah. and the Alliance, which includes all, like, Vanessa was, like, there as a kid, but all the girls that were there that said yes to, like, the bigger, you know, picture are actually responsible for X Games paying women and men equally in all sports. So snowboarders, moto, like, all of it, right? So, and not yeah, the, a lot of people know the, that. The main reason we were successful is because we had unity, and that was why yeah. it happened. Like, yeah. it wasn't because one of us you know, it was like, hey, do this. Like, it was because we had unity. Everyone came together. Because yeah. if half the girls were like, we're going to skate, they would have had a contest. So Right, and a couple did actually say that, but yeah. we had the majority, yeah. so it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Fun fact. Cool. Um, awesome. So I think we're going to open it up for some questions. Um, right here. Can we run a mic, Soph, to them? Or maybe we can use one of these mics. Cool. So being young, like one of the most difficult things, especially like having to be able to like make money one day, is how do you balance like school and skating, or like school and your passion, or like education, like or I mean I guess at, at older ages it transfers over to like your work life and your passion. But I think that's like one of the biggest thing that prohibits like all younger skaters. It's like how do you not take away from education? Oh, not loud enough. <laughs> Sorry. I think, I think um, you just have to choose at the time what you want, and I've, I've talked to a lot of the kids that are like a little older now, and some of them went to college, and they're like, oh my God, like a, these four years is gonna mess everything up, and I'm like, actually it won't. Just like get your degree, that's what you wanna do, it's gonna be there when you're done, and like, yeah, I would say just, just choose at the time, focus on one, and yeah, if you can get your degree, it's good. I think one of the biggest aspects of school, whether it doesn't have to be necessarily university, whether it's like art school or trade school, something is that you do have to balance. You have to sac You can't just be having fun all the time. So you have to sacrifice certain things, and that balance is like a really solid base to build whatever else you're going to do next, right? So, and like in college or whatever next school, like you do actually have to. You have to make the balance. In high school, you're kind of just like on the school schedule, right? So, um, any other questions right here in the front, or anyone else? Okay. Any other questions? 
Kristen has a question, or right here? Yep. So I am about to graduate college, and I'm looking, so I basically put all my energy into learning as much as I could about media and the things that I thought we need. Um, do you have any suggestions for someone that's just getting out there and like trying to find, like look in the right places, if that makes sense, for like the jobs and... Um, Yeah, um, if if it's as a content creator, I think you got to start emailing, DM messaging, and try to submit. Like, if you already are creating content, for example, um, just uh, start submitting, like, and reaching out to any media outlet that you like or that you think that might be interested in your in your work. And it's, it's all about that, just, like, knocking doors, like... Yeah, the good thing is like we have like this thing called internet that it's really helpful because you can reach to anyone in the world. So it's about asking. And like there's a like within our community, like if it's skateboarding content, like we have a lot of uh, places that you can submit your content, like skate witches, you know, like there's there's a lot of uh, zines. Like I, I, I love submitting my photos to zines. Like, and I love that I, I had an opportunity like, Shari and Kristen were like, Norma, you should submit photos. And, and I love that, you know, because, like, sometimes you're, like, creating all this content, but it's sitting in your hard drive. Like, what is it going to do there? Like, um, if you're happy with what you're creating, show it to the world and, like, just find an avenue. Like, and if, if you can't find it yet, use your own channels to start. Um, but if you think, oh, my God, this piece of content is really good, like, just keep it a little bit, like, keep it, keep it there and try to find an avenue to, to expose us to the world. Because I think, and it, 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 it can be digitally, but it can also be like on paper, because that, just I always think about this. Right now, yeah, we're all using social media, but how can we capture this history and, and make it stay? We don't know what's gonna happen with social media in 10 years, like, or with Instagram. So everything that would be posted might, might be gone in 10 years. So find a way for you to keep this content uh, in the prosperity, like whether it's like a zine, a magazine, a book, like print. Yeah. Print. Also think just like being at an event like this is huge. Like there's so many people in this room, like just meet people and say hi and keep in touch with them and network, you know? Yeah, no. yeah. yeah sometimes I like to play a game where, um, especially if I'm new somewhere, that um, like it, I'll say that by the time I go home, I've learned um, something new about at least five people. This is like a mini game I might play with myself. Um, and, I, and I do want to put out there that um, I'm in an office and I'm basically the only female agent there um, aside from my mentor. And um, I, um, let's, let's, ch let's change that starting right now and today. So please, you know, if, if advocating for your friends and what's possible and how you see that it should be is something that really drives you. Um, you know, maybe being an athlete advocate like me is is in your future. Yeah, I think it's just like it's a num it is kind of a numbers game, right? So it's like how many people can I message? Who can I reach out to? How many conversations can I have? Um, I met Zora and Norma and Namchi and like all the photographers I met was just literally through like info at Mafia TV or DMs or whatever, right? And um, you know, I think. And that's how Yuli and I met too. Like Yeah, and that's how I got my street league job. Info yeah. at Street League. Info Street League. <laughs> Use the info hat. Um, but yeah, and I think also just looking at what's needed, right? Because like for Skate Like a Girl, photographers come and take amazing photos and I'm like, this is amazing. I know like zillions of people, so I might connect them to something else, right? So again, like looking at your community, who's doing amazing things, who can you highlight, right? Um, and who can you kind of lift up? So Awesome. Any other questions? Anyone in the back right here? So, um, Norma, you mentioned just a little bit your demons and talking about your own insecurities. And I think that that's probably something that everyone can really relate to, sort of the imposter syndrome, right? Like, I don't belong here. Everyone's more qualified than me. So I was just wondering if you could talk a little more about that and how you overcame it and maybe anyone else, because I think we could get a lot from that. Um, we mentioned the word mentors. I think um, 
that's really has been a really really good help for me having people with experience that can help me whether it's like about a photo or about how to pitch in like even when I have a pro, uh, the situation with um, this brand like I reach out to a lot of my mentors here and I was like what should I do like I'm like a bit frustrated but nervous but I want to do something like so I think having someone that you that can support you is key because when especially when you're in that crisis moment and you're freaking out it's it's like anything in life like when you're not feeling good what do you do you reach out to your friends so in this case if it's like industry related like I find a mentor like and it doesn't have to be one. And, and sometimes it's, it doesn't have to be another. For, in my case, it doesn't have to be another photographer. Sometimes are my skater friends. And I'm like, hey, like, I don't know how to shoot this trick. Like, because I'm learning, like, and, and I know, like, certain tricks, like, I don't get to shoot a lot. And, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I never done this type of trick photo. And, like, what do I have to do? I basically have to talk and be honest and be like, Okay, so honestly, like, how, what angle do you think is better? Like, you know, in case of in the photography side, like, and I'm lucky that I get to shoot with a lot of girls who, like, understand that, you know, like, I'm not, I'm learning, like, I'm learning, and sometimes, like, I'm gonna need help. So it's, I think that's the vulnerable, be vulnerable and being able to tell people that because it's better, like, you, you can't be faking that, oh, yeah, I got it all the time, like, yeah, whoever made up the rule that we're supposed to all know the answers, yeah. like, in, in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. I also think, like, um, Mia, like, the, the answer for me is, like, do not stay in your own head. The second you're like, holy shit, like, reach out to your friend, whoever, right? Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've, like, called the email and be like, or called Yuli and be like, I just got this email, and it just is crazy, right? But to, Those like, are the best. yeah. And you, I don't know if you guys saw the Jenkins interview, but I remember reaching out to you and be like, dude, I got this email. This is insane. Um, but just, like, talk to someone, right? I think it's so easy to text nowadays and, like, DM and all that. And, like, that's great. But there's just nothing, like, as humans, we're designed to, like, talk to each other. Like, we didn't have phones that not that long ago. So, like, just call a friend, you know? <laughs> like, literally. Also, like, when that negativity is taking over, like, just stop and think about the good things that you have accomplished because we all have accomplished something good. Like, so maybe keep a list, like a little note or like yeah. a thank you note, like every time like you did something that you're proud of and keep it there in the emergency box with all your, you know, whatever, like, and, and, and read it when you feel bad. Like, you're just like, oh, I actually managed to, I'm sure every, like we all have accomplished something, you know, like I have a little... My friend Shari and I have this little, it's not like a diary, but we have like a little, um, what is it called? It's like a, it's, it's like a calendar and she inspired me because she was doing it. She has a calendar and she's like, oh, this day I did this, I did that. And like the other day we were looking at mine and I just put like, oh, I just landed my first, first pop shop. So, you know, like things like that. So you can go look back and be like, oh, I done this. Like, because sometimes you're like, oh, I suck or whatever. And have a little, write it in a little note, or if you wanna, you don't wanna write it, like even on your phone, you know, like just celebrate the accomplishment. It doesn't matter how big or how small. Just remind yourself that you've done stuff, like. And also know um, we all feel like that. So, yeah, yeah you're not alone. We're all the same. It's, it's human. Yeah, and like we can listen to each other way bigger than we listen to ourselves. Like that's just at the end of the day, we're not reliable for like, yay, Kim, like you can do it. I'm like, I can't do it. I gotta call you, Lane. <laughs> I gotta call Kristen. And it's, I mean, I think it's real. It's so normal, especially for I'd say the people in the room, right? Because we're all up to big things, and part of how do we got there was to almost like push aside, like we get, in, we accomplish on something, but we don't revel in it and we push it aside. So like, but what's next? You know, what else do we have to conquer? And so it's, it's like a tendency for people who maybe are really up to big things. And I'll just end on it because I know we're going to move to the next panel, but um, you guys are like set up to be the best, most, I don't want to say successful because, well, successful in however you want to define it, but like skateboarders inherently, whether you skateboard or just starting, like just the fact that you're willing to try, like you're gonna fall, right? You're gonna fail. So when it comes to business or anything else, like just be willing to fail, like and be expecting to fail regularly and then just get comfortable with it because like without trying, you won't be able to succeed. So 
I think, you know, anytime something goes wrong or like you want to cry or you do cry or someone says something horrible to you or whatever, like just know that you're that's what you're supposed to be doing. If you aren't having challenges and moments where you just want to curl up into a ball and die, then you probably aren't going big enough, right? So, um, so yeah, that's it. Um, all right, thank you all. I know we could talk on for more for hours and hours, but I'm gonna um, thank you guys. So we're gonna move to the next panel, and then there will be a breakout group at the end.